G'day and welcome to AOS Coach. In this video, I'm going to look at White Dwarf issue 471 and its expansion into the Soulblight Gravelord's Battle Tome. Inside this White Dwarf, you're going to find new background lore, path to glory rules, and a whole heap of new match play rules that you can take advantage of, including allegiance abilities, grand strategies, uh, battle tactics, mount traits, and some core battalions. And again, they are all legal for match play, so you can use them at your next tournament. So let's kick off and look, look at exactly what you're going to get. Starting with the Soulblight Gravelord's Allegiance abilities. Now, you're going to gain two abilities. One is going to be generic for the entire Soulblight Gravelord's, regardless of what sub-faction you choose from. And the other will be specific to the Legion of Blood. Deadly Coordination is available to all Soulblight Gravelord armies, and it's going to be triggered in the combat phase after a Soulblight Gravelord hero has fought, but as long as they're not a monster. So we're talking things like, let's say, the Vampire Lord on foot. After that unit has fought, you get to pick one friendly summonable unit that hasn't fought yet in this phase. Now, as long as it's within three inches of the enemy unit, and it is wholly within 12 inches of that friendly Soulblight Gravelord's hero, now that summonable unit can fight immediately. So let's break this down a little bit. It's a great ability if you think about those combat heroes that often go around supporting your Grave Guard, your zombies, your skeletons. A prime example of those would be your Vampire Lord on foot or your White King. I probably wouldn't recommend it with your Necromancer who's normally running around with Van Hales, but it's great for those little combat heroes. What it's going to mean is you get to fight immediately with a double activation. You'll be able to first activate the hero that you want to fight with, let's say Vampire Lord or White King, and then immediately fight with those Graveguard or those zombies. And then your opponent would have to wait for those two activations to go through before they, they kind of return serve. This would be a great way to get that double activation while reducing the amount of damage that you're going to receive in return. And you got to remember, in the case of your skeletons and your zombies, you're going to get slain models back at the end of the combat phase anyway, whether it's a four up on your skellies or your two up on your zombies. So um, this would also be great for someone like Radica or Chattica, the Beast Lord, um, who would obviously go around, obviously very targeted towards being a combat monster. But again, probably not going to recommend your Necromancer in this particular situation, unless it's like a fight or die situation. Now, if you decide to take the Legion of Blood over your Castellar, your Veercross, or your Legion of the Night, you would also gain the ability Unparalleled Expertise. And it's a bit of a chunky text, so I'm just going to break it down and give you that high-level view. Basically, each Vampire Lord in the Legion of Blood will get to choose either do they be a Martial Expertise or an arcane expertise. So it's not an artifact or enhancement. It's just like a bloodline ability. It's like you are either good in combat or you're good at magic. If you take the martial expertise, um, you get plus one attack with your death lance or your vampiric sword. If you are a vampire lord on a zombie dragon, or if you're the little vampire lord on foot, you'll gain plus two attacks with those soulbound blades. So a couple of extra attacks, that's pretty nice. If you choose Arcane, you're going to get a little boost on your first casting, dispelling, or unbinding roll in each hero phase. Now, you'll get a plus one to that cast, dispel, or unbinding if you are a Vampire Lord on Zombie Dragon, 
or if you are a vampire on foot, you would gain plus two. So they're really benefiting those support heroes between the martial expertise or the arcane expertise, as well as even thinking about the allegiance ability, the dead coordination previously. You're going to get some good value from those smaller troops. I like both of them. If I was going to choose Legion of Blood over Evangorian or any other type of build, um, I think they're both really good. You know, your Vampire Lord on Zombie Dragon, getting an extra attack with the Death Lance, especially on the charge, would be great. If you're thinking about maybe getting a bit of a boost on your, you know, Pinions or Vile Transference, you know, they are really low casting roles anyway. They're not quite hard casting, but you would gain some benefits to help them not be uh, unbound by your opponent. Next, you've got your mount traits, and one hero on a zombie dragon can take one of two mount traits. Locus of Death adds one to the number of units that are affected by the Deathly Invocation ability. Uh, that's the ability that allows you to heal or return up to D3 wounds on a summonable unit. Your vampires normally heal three summonable units, so this ability would bring that up to four. However, be, be conscious that you do need to be wholly within 12 inches of this model to be able to get the benefit of healing up to four. So keep that in mind and keep the way that you like to use your vampires. The other one is the Photid Miasma, and that allows you to re-roll the Pestilential Breath um, damage characteristic. So if you're unfamiliar with this damage characteristic, it's one attack, it's a nine-inch range, it hits on a three, wounds on a... Depends on where you are on the damage table. It could be anywhere as low as two, up to six, depending on how damaged you are. It's Ren minus three, and really, because you're only getting one attack, it's often always swingy. It has a D6 damage, so being able to re-roll that for me would be much more beneficial than potentially Locus of Death, primarily because I don't know if I would need four summonable units being healed within a 12-inch bubble of the Vampire Lord. I, I seem to like to use my, my Vampire Lord on Zombie Dragon as like a bit of a solo agent on the flanks as opposed to being in the center of the board, but maybe that's just my playstyle. I probably prefer the Miasma over Locus of Death, but... Both of them, either way, would have some benefits. There's one new grand strategy to choose from for Soul Blight, and that is the Vampiric Conquerors. And you're going to score this at the end of the game if you control more grave sites than your opponent. This seems simple enough because if you're winning the battle, uh, you'll already control your grave sites, you're summoning from them, uh, your opponent is unlikely to be holding them. However, if you're not winning the battle, it could be quite punishing because your opponent will likely have the board control and likely to have the um, essentially your, your grave sites trying to block them off and stop you from summoning back. And if you're wondering how do on earth do I control the um, the grave site, it is no different to the way that you control an objective marker. So you find that in the core rules, very basic. If you are thinking about your endless legions and you you know you're able to bring back those units at half strength, um, I think it's easy to kind of claim those objectives back if your opponent moves off them, but. In the same breath, you know, all it takes is a, an opponent to put a couple of cheeky models on your gravesite zoning and could stop you from not only summoning back, but also controlling. I think for me, uh, it's, it's a good one. I like it. It's much better than some of the other grand strategies that have been added through Games Workshop, but it does incentivize your opponent to try to zone off and deny you, where actually for me, I'd rather you not focus on those. I'd rather put on other victory conditions like, you know, kill my battle line which are already quite hard you know especially if you got the summonable troops 
There are three new battle tactics to choose from, um, and these are in addition to the ones in the battle pack you're playing in, whether it's Gurish Heartlands or the Core or whatever might come in later on. The first one I'll call out is the Callus Overlord, and it requires you to have a summonable unit start outside of three inches from all enemies. So we start off the battle round and you've got this particular summonable unit in mind out of combat. Now you score it if it is destroyed at the end of the turn. So we start off with a summonable unit out of combat. We get them into combat. They die. It's important to know that you, um, if you do bring this unit back through the Endless Legion's ability, it still counts as being destroyed. So when you lose a unit using the Endless Legion's ability, it is counted as slain, it is destroyed, and the wording in your Allegiance ability does say that you are bringing back a new replacement unit, so you will score it. The second one available to you is Lust for Blood, and Lust for Blood requires your general or two friendly vampires to use the Hunger or the Mortark of Blood's ability to heal any wounds. So your vampires are going to need to have been wounded at some particular point, and as long as you activate two of those Hungers or one if it's your general, you score this one. This is pretty basic, and it's very generous because when you look at the Hunger and you look at who has the Hunger, it's essentially all of your vampires. It's got, it's Manfred, it's Vordry, it's the Crimson Court, it's, you know, Luca Vi, it is Belladama, it's it's Radica, it's, you know, both versions of Radica. It's the, the Vampire Lord on Zombie Dragon, your Blood Knights, your Vampire Lord on Foot, and even your Coven Throne. Super generous, and, you know, as long as you've got to remember to, you know, activate it at a time where your vampires are damaged, this one's a easy money-in-the-bank one. Finally, you've also got Unstoppable Armies, and that requires you to bring back a destroyed unit using the Endless Legion's ability with that 5+. So, you know, it's not looking for an unmodified 5+. So if you are destroying enemy units to bring that roll down, you know, adding that plus 1 to the dice roll, you... If you're gonna if you're gonna rely on a dice roll, you really need to be confident to use this battle tactic, in my opinion, at a time where you are most likely to do do lots of damage and likely to kill a bunch of your enemies' units because you want to bring that dice roll as much as possible. You, the last thing you want to do is get the end of the turn and you roll a, a a two or a three, and you know you didn't do enough damage, so you fail your battle tactic purely off a poor dice roll. Get that down to as low as possible. The last one I'll call out is the three core battalions, and you've got access to three, unlike Cities of Sigma, they've got none, you got three. The first one is Radica's Court, and Radica's Court is going to be, um, you'll find you'll find it, you know, essentially in your in your battle tome, you'll find it in uh, the combination that's sold through Games Workshop. It is literally that combination of Radica the Wolf, Gorslav, uh, the Watch Captain, et cetera, et cetera. Now, if you take all of these folks as a, um, as a as a core battalion, you will get yourself an extra enhancement for your army. And remember that these are all unique characters. You won't be able to put that enhancement onto this particular the court. You're not going to, to put an extra artifact on your um, Radica court, but you would be able to get an extra spell, an extra artifact, whatever it might be for the rest of your army. You've got the Felwyn Flock, and the Felwyn Flock requires you to have two units of Vargeist, two units of Felbats, 
and you've got the option of taking one extra Vargeist, one extra Felbat. So there's an optional there. If you happen to take the Felwing flock, it's going to give you an extra um, either at the double or forward to victory. So you'll get yourself either a, uh, a roll of six. You know, you don't have to roll for a run. You can just go flat six. Or you could re-roll a charge roll once per game. Of the core battalions available to you, I probably got to say my favorite would be the Death Stench Drove. Now that requires you to take one corpse cart. Doesn't matter the loadout. You just got to take one corpse cart. You've also got to take two units of direwolves and two units of zombies. There is an optional second corpse cart if you'd like. Not mandatory, it's just optional. And if you do take the Death Stench Drove, you will once per battle get an all-out attack or unleash hell. But correct me if I'm wrong, folks, but there's nothing to use in this battalion that has Unleash Hell. Doggos don't shoot, zombies don't shoot, and your corpse cut doesn't shoot. So maybe I've missed something. So really you're getting a free all-out attack, a plus one to hit once per game, uh, specifically for this battalion. So again, I'm not that impressed with these three, but if I had to choose them, the, the Death Stench is probably my favorite. Although, to be, to be brutally honest, if I was building a Soul Blight list, um, and I was going to build around, you know, zombies. I probably would want to have more zombies, not points going into my direwolves. Out of all the White Dwarf rules that have been published so far, I've got to say that the Soul Black Grave Laws ones are probably my favorite as an all-round publication. Now, it's not to say that the other ones are trash. There is some good gems in the other ones, but I think overall what these is providing you um, is, is great value. You are gaining um, a great bonus um, allegiance abilities are going to support your minor heroes uh, that are not on monsters so especially again your your white kings your vampire lords on foot those types of heroes are going to really benefit from from the abilities and it actually might make me reconsider and revisit the legion of blood i don't see a lot of legion of blood lists at tournaments right now certainly veer cross and legion of night and some of those even avangorian all, all of them are kind of surfacing to the table and not nearly enough Legion of Blood, which was the most popular second edition build. But I think, you know, with the extra Legion of Blood abilities, it might be worth reconsidering. I have a saying, if it's free, it's for me. And when it comes to that Vampire Lord on Zombie Dragon, you're getting that free mount trait. So it's really a no-brainer and, and how you like to build and play with your army. I think both of them, both of those mount traits do offer some value. Um... And if you are running the Prince Vaudry over your Vampire Lord on Zombie Dragon, you may reconsider, you know, switching out and what the pros and cons are by taking that customizable Vampire Lord on Zombie Dragon over Prince Vaudry, that unique hero. The the grand strategies traditionally in White Dwarf have been poorer versions of the current ones. However, I think the Soul Blight one is worth considering depending on your build. If I was an elite forced, maybe focused on let's say blood knights probably this one's not the right one for me but if i'm going down that route of of hordes of zombies and skellies or uh, a couple of units of grave guard whatever it might be i think the these battle tactics and the grand strategies um, would really work well for me um, with the way i'm building my lists i mentioned earlier the battalions i think are a bit hit and miss um, mostly miss for me again i i didn't mind this death stench but Again, if I'm building around zombies, I think I just want more zombies. I don't want, um, I don't want direwolves, or I might only want to take one unit of direwolves. Being forced to take two might 
turn me off that battalion. I'd be curious to hear from you what you think of the Soul White Gravelords update from White Dwarf. Has it changed any of the ways that you have built your lists? Has it made you reconsider some of the units that you're either going to add or remove? Uh, will you switch out Prince Vordry for a Vampire Lord on Zombie Dragon? Let me know in the comment section. I'd be curious to hear how this has changed your thinking. Thanks for sticking around until the end. I hope you found that video interesting and you walked away with a few new ideas. If you did, I would appreciate it if you hit like on the video as well as left me a comment. Let me know what your thoughts are in the comment section below. The conversation will continue over on Discord, so links down below in the episode description if you want to join the Discord and continue the Age of Sigmar conversation. I want to give a massive shout out as well to these absolute bloody legends, these champions who have continued to support me through Patreon or YouTube members. That is going directly into supporting the maintenance and the growth of this channel. So thank you very much, guys. Much appreciated. And until next time, roll more fixes.